Welcome, I'm David Nurse, MBA shooting coach turned life optimization coach, speaker, author, leader of all types. On this show, we bring on high performers, athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, people doing amazing things in this world, but they weren't always at that spot. And we talk about how they got through their stuck situation and made their pivot to achieve their success. So join me every week as we pivot and go. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, cause I'm always giving the toast. I live that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone. Incremental change to help you get in the flow. But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go. Switch your perspective and go for the goal. That ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go. Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. I hope you are all having a fabulous week, pouring into yourself so that you can pour into others. And this week, the episode is absolutely about self-growth and maybe even raising your vertical, defying gravity, bulletproofing your knees, your flexibility, your longevity. And he's looking at it from a different perspective. Everything you've been taught, Throw it away because this is the way to do it. This is Ben Patrick, the knees over toes fame. It's going to be something that you probably haven't heard before on how to become the most optimized athlete, your recovery, literally never have another knee injury, and maybe even add 20 inches to your vertical like Ben did. You bulletproof your knees and set them up for success. This is one of the most fun, interesting podcast episodes that we have done. You are going to take a lot away from this, and you're going to be wanting to do squats on a slanted board and all this stuff when you're done. So buckle up, because here we go. The road, just pivot and go. Just pivot and go. Ben Patrick, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. My man, I am looking forward to increasing at least 20 inches on my vertical leap with you today. How, how, how are you doing, Ben? We'll start it off with that. I'm good, man. Life is good. Got a healthy, healthy baby, and uh, you know. Nothing I could be more grateful for than that. Good knees and a good, good healthy baby. <laughs> That's all you need in life. You? That's all you have. Oh, amazing. If, I've you're, got... if you're a hooper and your knees are good. Oh, yeah. And you're a dad and your baby's good. Life is good. Oh, totally. I don't have a baby yet, but I've got good knees. So I've got good knees and I've got good coffee and I've got an amazing wife. So, yeah, life, life is great. Hey, Hey, Ben, start us off with a bang, man. Everybody knows about you as this just ultimate optimization guy, knees over toes, helping people increase the vertical. Like, so what is something different about you that people don't know? Well, I didn't have anything particularly interesting, but I'm one of those, like, stereotypical <laughs> dog dads. Like, my, I have a pit lab mix. Like, he sleeps in the bed with us. And I was like, he wanted to from the beginning, and my wife was like, no way. And I'm like what like he's so upset at me. you know so I, i'm just like a total sucker uh for my dog he's like he goes pretty much everywhere with us he was a gym dog when i ran a gym like he would be at the gym every day and that's something that's cool you know what you scored a ton of points with my wife right there because we have a little floofy dog and we completely embrace the la dog scene it's got pajamas it's got a stroller like you name it so tell me, have you gotten to that level, Mr. Dog Dad? I mean, he's got a lot of that pit bull in him, so I don't, 
You can't put I don't know if I'd be able to get him into pajamas or carry him around in a <laughs> stroller, but, uh, no, but I guess like, you know, I, I, I look out for his diet and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I am kind of like an LA dog dad. Beautiful. All right. We'll, we'll take our dogs on a, a dog walk in the park one of these days. He, he loves all sizes. So it's, he, he'll love your little dog. Nice. He's, he's like the sweetest. He's never had a problem with another dog it's ever. It's amazing. He must take after his owner. Like he just gets that <laughs> from you. He, you, that osmosis. I try to get along with people. <laughs> hey Ben, on the Pivot and Go podcast, we like to ask people that have had to make pivots in their life. Like not necessarily you did everything didn't just come to you easy. So what is the biggest pivot you had to make in your life, and how did you overcome it and pivot and ultimately go to where you are today? I mean pretty easy for me pivot and go couldn't be a better <laughs> summation of my life which is you know what when you grow up really dedicated with basketball mm. you're really hoping to get a college scholarship you know like that's a it's we're all on that same path when we grow up playing basketball trying to get a college scholarship so I, I finished with no recruiting at any level had three different surgical knee alterations like mm. basketball was not going to happen so I, I really seriously considered, like, do I just go a completely different route? You know what I mean? Like, have nothing to do with basketball. And I just couldn't give it up. And so I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure out how to bulletproof knees. Like, I literally decided that when I was 18 years old. Like, if my life resulted in figuring out how to bulletproof knees, I would be happy with that. And so it was a completely different, you know, switch and people kind of thought I was crazy and I was saving up money to try to go to like a prep school. And like, I still thought I was somehow going to make it in basketball. And at age 23, I got my first division one scholarship. So I, I turned myself into a basketball player. I was a pretty damn good junior college basketball player. I, I've turned down some like low level pro offers in Europe and stuff. And, but but I, I got a full ride offer to Boston University out of JUCO. Um, I couldn't take it. So the NCAA denied my eligibility. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was 23. I was going to be like going into my junior year. So it, it was so uncommon. No one thinks like, oh, I'm going to be that many years out of high school. But I was too many years out of high school to play Division One. I. I had over a dozen Division Two offers on the table. And I literally turned down full college scholarships to play division two. Also Boston university thought if I got a lawyer, they thought I could fight it. But I was like, I took all this shit as a sign. Like I need to be helping people with their knees. Cause I figured it out for myself, at least enough to be going from completely unrecruited out of high school to then five years later, getting D one scholarship. And, uh, so I, and I was in the off season, I was training people. So that was my second first pivot was like, no college recruitment. So I have to literally, I painted walls and would experiment on my knees morning and night. And then the second pivot was turning down. I would have been like a 24 and 25 year old junior and senior, but full college, you know, I would have been graduating with a four year degree all paid for. And they thought I was crazy. They're like, you're never going to get back those years to play college sports. But in my mind, I was never going to get those back those years to be working on my system that I was already helping people with in the off season that had helped me. So that was, that was my second uh, pivot and go, was deciding to become a trainer and literally turning down full college scholarship. Wow. Um, that's an amazing story. And Ben, 
I didn't even know all that about you. I've been fascinated with you ever since Boris Kojo, a mutual friend of ours, told me about you. He's like, you got to check this guy out. And I don't watch a whole lot of Instagram stories, but you're, you are one that I consistently watch. So if I say something, it's like, how did you know that? It's probably because I saw it on your story. Anyways, I, I, follow, I follow all your Instagram posts, too. I'm always fired up, inspired in the right frame of mind mentally, which is really what sets us up for everything. Totally, man. And you just hit the nail on the head right there. Like, literally, this was your dream. Like, you wanted to be able to do this, and, and you created your own path. You were painting walls to be able to do this in your spare time. And, and then you figured it out. So what everybody wants to know, myself selfishly, how did you figure it out? How can we take – how? How do you discover bulletproof knees and how can we take some steps? I know there's a ton probably into it and just, just break it down, simplify it. And it's, kind of, it's very simple to explain. Amazing. Especially, especially for basketball. Cause that's the background yes. I'm coming from. And now I have played some, you know, random professional stuff in Europe and I, I play against all my pro guys and I put my body, you see me jumping off shit like every other day on Instagram, you know, so I, I really put my knees to the test. And as yeah. a basketball player, I've done thousands of dunk sessions and stuff. I, I couldn't, I finished high school having never once grabbed the rim high school wow. team record, lowest vertical in history, 19 inches. Wow. Um, and now I've done 42 and a half inches with the running start. So it's not like, it's not like I quit basketball and figured out knees. No, like I figured out knees to now be able to play like a menace as much as I want, as hard as I want. And it really boils down to two main principles, which is we have to be strong in reverse of the knee pain. So like if we think about the motions coming in at our knees, basically the stronger we are backwards. So like I have a, my strength system is like, I'm going to get stronger backwards. Mm. So we would think of like a step up as something like, to like power up our jump. And I'm saying we're gonna do a reverse step up. Like we're gonna stand on the box and like step down and come back up, which most most players don't do. And if we do, it's like a little dinky rehab. It's not like a strength system of being strong backwards. I don't do I don't do lunges, split squats. I don't do those at a 90 degree angle where you go like up and down. I do them with full bend. And anyone can go to my pages. I there's no yeah. secrets here to what I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah. you're literally getting stronger backwards here i'll i'll do like <laughs> yes so a normal, this is awesome a normal split squat is going to be a normal split squat is going to be like like up and down and I, yes. i'm going here so if you look i'm pushing so i'm starting pushing here forward. where my body is yep and it goes here and comes back up and so here here would be a, a squat so my glutes are locked so you see my knee angle oh my gosh Everybody, if, when you're, if you're listening out there, he is just putting on a miraculous feat of flexibility here, doing a squat with his knees going forward, which is totally contradictory to what everybody tells you. So I love it how you're pivoting the perspective on what actual knee development and total body optimiza yeah. optimization is, is actually. So I, okay. I appreciate it. And, and let me just recap because yeah. I, yeah. I was saying how it's two yes. main things. Yes. And so I was showing you how I'm – I'm trying to get stronger backwards in reverse. And also there, when I was demoing, I'm getting strong in a full bend. So like when we play basketball, the motions that we're overdoing are, we're, we're constantly in half positions. Like, in, well, like when we play, we don't bend our knees all the way, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when we're little kids, we can like bend our knees all the way. 
if you ask basketball players in their 30s to just pop off cold, like, like deep knee bends like I just showed, almost every player would be like cringing in, in pain yeah. to do full knee bends, right? Uh, so we, we got out of balance from God's design, whatever you want to call it. Like by playing basketball, we are getting out of balance. And then if we avoid full knee bend and we develop all these half squats, which we think of for powering up the vertical, but I'm talking about having knees that never hurt and yeah. developing inside your knees, the actual tendons and ligaments, those, your tendons and ligaments have the same growth properties, hypertrophy properties that your muscles have. It's just on a much smaller level. So we don't think of like tendons and ligaments as things we can strengthen, but we can absolutely strengthen them. It, to, for a sport like basketball, those simple things I just demonstrated on screen, cold, they make basketball a joke for, for knees. So my same knees that couldn't handle the sport of basketball, all that stopping and jumping and pounding and all that time not bending our knees all the way, what's the opposite of basketball? Bending our knees and getting stronger backwards is the opposite of basketball. So all we're doing is restoring how our body should be naturally. So I was one of those kids who was doing jump programs from the time I was nine, who was playing AAU at nine, 10, 11, and, and didn't, probably didn't have the genetics for basketball. So then I was overtraining myself. So I basically was an example of someone destroying their body, which we all do. And by all, I'm talking at least 90 plus percent of guys who've been playing basketball for decades, you know, like they, their bodies break down. I'm not saying you, you're probably in the 1% of people who's, who's, you know, not breaking down from all this, but you get my point. Older hoopers, I probably just simulated all that damage from being psychopathic work ethic from the time I was six, seven, eight, nine. I'd wake up in the morning when I was nine. A note said, what would John Stockton do? So I'd be waking up at four or five a.m. strapping ankle weights. I'm not a morning person, but John Stockton in elementary school used to get up at four a.m. He would practice defense with no one there. I'm out in the I'm out in the driveway on concrete practicing taking charges dribbling two basketballs with ankle weights miles through my neighborhood, breaking out at school at lunchtime, putting on the jump soles. What did all that get me? Three surgical knee alterations and a 19-inch vertical. Because I, I destroyed myself before puberty even had time to develop these muscles. So I'm, I'm a perfect example of avoiding knees over toes, avoiding full knee bend, and what happens when we put on the onslaught of basketball. And because I was young, because I was 18, when I had to step back and I couldn't play anymore. I didn't have scholarships. So I, I had that chance to step back when I was 18. And now everything since then has just been trying to train essentially the opposite of the forces of basketball. So sorry to go on that rant, but Dude. hopefully someone who's listened even that far understands that all I'm talking about is not some magical exercises, but about restoring those abilities that we essentially lose, you know, because of playing the game of basketball. Wow. Ben, there's a lot to unpack there. That is fascinating, man. And my guy was John Stockton, too, to hear that story. I'm going to start using that story in talks. That's great. I need to get you with all my NBA players and get you with NBA connections because you could absolutely help so many people. Nobody knows this stuff. Like, how did you how did you even think about, like, you know what? Because I, I was exactly like you, Ben. Like, literally, we were one in the same. I did all the jump soles, air alerts, all of that. Had probably an 18-inch vertical. Never touched the rim. <laughs> got to play college basketball just by grinding, waking up early morning, to literally doing ball handling drills, defensive slides in the snow in Iowa until I was 
they couldn't feel yep. my feel my toes. So you know, that, you know what it's like. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It's probably our insatiable drive that we have comes from that type of mentality that we have. But how did you just begin to be like, you know what? Maybe this this whole thing is completely backwards. Like you 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 thought differently, and then you well, I, and you well, do. I differently. didn't make it right. I didn't make it to college when I was eighteen, and so and I had already had you know these different surgical alterations. So like. Then I had more tears in my other knee and I didn't want to have to have surgery again. So I was really like extreme, like looked like uh, any chances of basketball were just going to be nothing. And there was a clue from an Olympic trainer that the knee that can go farthest and strongest over the toes is actually the most protected. When I heard that, I knew, okay, I, I've been led wrong this whole time. All the methods I had done are methods of avoidance anti-inflammatories, foam rolling. It doesn't mean these things don't have some truth to them, but those things are not gonna bulletproof your knees. And so he, he was talking about more along the lines of bulletproofing. And so my career, he worked with, this is a guy named Charles Poliquin. He trained over yeah. like 180 Olympic medalists. So he trained the most Olympic medalists in history. He's used to working with super elite athletes. I went, studied with him in person. So my career has basically been wow. How do we get these elite Olympic athlete level knees? Only he wasn't training guys with shitty knees like me. He was training national level athletes. So everything I do now is very scalable. So like I train my mom who's 67 and she can run and squat and all this stuff. Whereas the system that he was doing was designed to make an Olympic champion. It relied much more on heavy weights and stuff like that. Whereas what I do, I actually don't do any of that stuff. I do everything underlying those abilities and I always thought, okay, I'll, I'll have to squat heavy and do this stuff, but go ahead and look at my fucking page, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. so I, I'm jumping over a 40 inch vertical without that stuff. So for basket, I'm not saying that for, if you play football or this or that, I only train for 30 minutes. Basketball players, I feel like we have so much to worry about with our skills. So my workouts are 30 minutes. I'm not saying a football player couldn't add to that. You see what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that any other, I'm not trying to say any other method is wrong, but the stuff I'm talking about, it does exist in isolated areas, but not as just like measurable, like, you know, daily, you know, uh, things you just do as like part of a lifestyle. Like everything I do, people have probably seen a little here or there with the band, or the, but not as just like, this is like a, a system, you know? Ben, I love your passion. It's amazing. I love when people are so obsessed in their craft. That's what makes them the best at it. And you are the best at it. Like I've been seeing you on other people's Instagram pages, these huge trainers, and you're teaching them. And, and if for everybody listening, Go check out his Instagram page. It's amazing. I'm watching you dunk, like just get up and just throw down. It's crazy to think of what you came from to where you are. And I love it too, how you, man, you like you're training your mom who's 67. My mom's 67 as well in a nut. Like once again, we're the same person except for you can jump a lot higher. So give the audience. I no choice because <laughs> of my knees, you know. It's, yeah. It, I, ne I wasn't trying to jump higher. I had given up on trying to dunk. I was just trying to bulletproof my knees. Yes. But if you can wave a magic wand and have knees that can't hurt when you play basketball, it's like it's it amazing. gets very easy to jump higher because you can approach your jumps the right way. And then when you learn how to bulletproof your knees, you it then becomes very easy to jack up the strength of your ankles and your hamstrings and these other areas. And, and jumping is not 
power lifting. They're two different things. It does, again, there's not, it doesn't mean there's not some truth in power lifting, but if you pound for pound have way stronger ankles, lower legs, knees, hamstrings, all these muscles that, that fight gravity, your body just starts feeling lighter. So the, the jumping, like I found out I could dunk. I didn't try to dunk. Like I had long given up on dunking and my friends were like, when I was, when I was actually like at a prep school, I had saved up my money. First day at the prep school, the, the, the recruiting expert tells me, okay, you can't get a scholarship. Like that's not gonna be possible for you. Like he told me it was physically impossible for me to get a scholarship. I ended up getting a full, a full ride JUCO scholarship. When I signed with that JUCO, he called me and said, don't take the offer. I know that coach, you're never gonna play a minute there. I started 60 games in two years. My point is that during the time I was still training my body. And so it was like mid season and one of my friends on the team was like, dude, you could dunk. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? And I tried a few times and and it turns out I could dunk. So gravity on our knees, if we end up able to handle that gravity weighing down on our knees and our ankles better, then we find out we can jump. But I don't sell a jump program. People are often asking me about jumping. (laughs) Well, bulletproof your body more. Get to where you can measurably fight gravity better at your ankles and knees. Who knows what could happen? How old are you? 34. Can I still do it? Do I still have time? I'll tell you a good reason that you can actually still add a ton to your vertical now at 34. Come on, bring it, baby. This is what I need. The, The reason is that Jonathan Edwards didn't win his Olympic gold medal in the triple jump until age 34 with gray hair in his fourth Olympic cycle. But, and he stopped then and there. His world record still stands from the 1990s. You know those Nordic hamstring curls that I've become super good at, that I super sucked at, that we've all done for like eight weeks here and there, but we never treat it with the same attention that we treat a bench press for a power lifter. No, a Nordic for a basketball player is a bench press for a power lifter. Any pro athlete should own a bench. A bench costs a tenth as much as a new leg curl machine. Walk into your local 24-hour fitness. They don't have Nordic benches. It's not your fault. Things were not set up for us. He did those for 20 years. He did them once a week for 20 years. And at 34, in his fourth Olympic cycle, finally won a gold medal. To this day, no one has beat his world record in the most elastic sport, triple jump. Because that's not even just one. Triple jump is like the harshest tendon sport of all time. Wait a second. This 5'11 dude whose country wouldn't even sponsor him when he was younger because their orthopedic specialist said it was physically impossible for him to be a triple jumper. That same dude, physically impossible, his world record still stands. But no one's bothered to do Nordics for 20 years. Now I've been doing them for like five years, have gotten world-class good at them, and I'm demonstrating the same kind of outlier qualities. And that's just one example of an outlier quality that no one's ever done long-term testing on. Same with the squats I do on the slam board. Never been long-term testing, but the guy who the guy who came up with that heel elevated squat all the way down, there's pictures of him jumping over hurdles at age 75. He was apparently able to jump well until his death at 87. Greatest jumping longevity case ever. So there, there's so many outliers like this and there's so little studies on anything that I do. We've all seen different pieces somewhere, and I'm saying this can actually be your system of training, but it means leaving your ego at the door. It means you're only squatting on a slam board for the next five years. If you actually do that, if you buy a Nordic bench and you do it once a week for the next five years, then I, I'll i give you $10,000 if by 39, 
five years from now if you're not jumping way higher. It's, it's simple physics, but modern training is not set up for that. So you're 34, I'm saying at 39, you could be jumping way higher than you are now, but you'd actually have to change and not train the way that traditional training does. You'd have to use your tibialis bar every single week, meaning a measurable way of strengthening ankle dorsiflexion, which 0% of people are doing. I know because the tool didn't even exist. I had to bring it back from the dead, and my buddy now makes them. So you're going to measurably increase your first line of deceleration, because if we're going to jack up your, your legs for jumping, that means you're going to have to decelerate even harder into your ankle. So you're going to have to do the tibialis bar every week. You're going to have to do the Nordic every week for five years. You're going to have to squat once a week. on. I'm, even if you did those things once a week for five years, and you tried to, in your mind, I'm going to get the strongest tibialis in the world. I'm going to get the strongest Nordic in the world. I'm going to get the strongest in a squat that's, that my cheeks literally touch my sneaks using a slam board. If you try to get the strongest at those qualities, then yeah, at 39, you'll be jumping the highest of your life. Okay, Ben, you're amazing. It's on. I want to tell. I want to yeah. eat up anything. Like uh, one thing about I'll meet up with you yes. when we hang up. Send yes. me your shipping address. Boom. I can't send the Nordic bench because I don't Dude. have a connection there. But I can send you the tibialis bar. I'll send you a slam board, and we'll start on it once a week. Five year journey. But that's the thing. There's no study on a, on five years. But we start training for vertical when we're 13, 14, and then we're winding up with knee surgeries when we're 18, 19. Because all the studies are you know eight weeks on this, 12 week to. Basketball is a is a multi-decade journey, not an eight-week study. Amen. Hey, I will be your study case. You can use me in any way. One thing about me, when I know somebody's an expert at what they do, I listen to everything they say. So you just tell me what to do. I'll come in person in August. Okay. We'll see exactly where you're at. We'll measure it, just like you measure a bench press. Beautiful. We'll measure where you're at, and then we'll set targets. And we can even meet up you know, for a dunk session every few months or whatever, you know, and and like really see where you're at and and drive up your vertical while bulletproofing your knees. Dude, I can't even tell you how excited I am right now. This is literally like Christmas meets my birthday. Your meets... potential is literally oh, oh, bigger than you know. I'm excited for my, I'm super stoked for my 30s now because every year I get older, it's going to be that much easier to sell my shit. I can't wait till I'm 40. I can't wait to Dude. see, like that's the, the game for me is longevity. And when you find the greatest longevity trick, you actually just found the best trick to train a kid. No joke. Everything I just named, we're not even talking about loading your spine. Hmm. We're talking an eight-year-old could do everything I just named. So when you figure out what makes that dude at 75 years old still jumping like 30-year-olds wish they could jump, you just figure out how to train a kid. Amazing, man. We're going to get something down on the calendar soon and get together. I want to hear all about this. I could talk to you all day long. Lo like your 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 info sure. is just unbelievable. Everything I've said doesn't mean shit. We have to actually meet up in person yes. and, and show people. Let's do it, man. Five year case study. I'm your guy for sure. And hey, man, I'd love to talk to you all day, but for respect of your time and your family, I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So this can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind. All right, here we go. All right. What is your favorite mindset quote? Do you have a quote that might be on your fridge, on your bathroom mirror? Like, yeah. what, what's your yeah. go-to? Um, I have two, okay? I have to say two. Awesome. So, uh, personally, like as an individual, it's no excuses ever for anything. So, it's just, nice. a, it's just a philosophy. It doesn't mean there's not reasons to make excuses, but it's just a it's an effort to live daily without ever making an excuse. So there are reasons to make excuses, but if you don't make any of those excuses, 
you put yourself as the cause point. So now you're just, you're in control. If I had the excuse, so that's, that's what I've learned through the whole thing. Anywhere that I had an excuse, you're just limiting yourself and you're lying to the universe because you're more powerful than that. So every time you make an excuse, you're sending a little lie to the universe and the universe freaking hates when you lie to the universe. So that's, awesome. that's one of them. And then I also remind myself every day because I get, I get very passionate. I remind myself every day as well from a business perspective that any fitness opinions don't mean shit compared to getting along with other people. Mm. Getting along with other people, treating other people with respect, that's the ultimate game. Everything we're talking about fitness is a sub game to actually just how we get along and treat other people. When people take something that they believe in and then turn that into something more important than treating others with respect and getting along, that's how we end up with wars and all kinds of stupid shit. It's, it's, so we can never let that get stronger than, how we, than respecting other people. Wow, man, as, ex- as excited as I am about my vertical and my flexibility to come, I'm more excited to get you with NBA teams, get you in front of companies speaking. You would be a phenomenal speaker, just on, not even just like, obviously the optimization, what you do, but that mindset alone, that literally is a life changer to have. So thank you. I appreciate brother. that. That's, thank that's you. why those are my two. Those yeah, two guide amazing. my life. You know? yeah, amazing, they should guide all of ours. Okay, what does leaving a legacy mean to you? Not necessarily what's on a billboard or what the world says, but what would be leaving a legacy to Ben Patrick? A kid coming up with knee pain should know that rest, ice, painkillers, okay, whatever. But he should also know that he can do something about it. He or she can do something. Like you can literally have knee pain and go train your way out of knee pain. So that's why like I have this stuff is on my, on my YouTube public knowledge is free coaching nice. takes work, but nice. I, I've never restricted knowledge for that reason. A 12 year old me who was like, that's when things started just heading South, like six years of just depression. A 12 year old me should have known with that work ethic. I can literally go reverse my way out of knee pain. That's exactly what I did. I turned my work ethic into reversing my way out of knee pain. A 12 year old kid should know that with work ethic alone, you can reverse your way out of knee pain. Man, there's nothing that holds you back. It's just, it's the perfect analogy for you. Gravity holds us down, but gravity is an analogy for life. There ain't no gravity. I love it. I love it. Okay, how can we all follow you, support you, basically know everything you're doing, and you give away a lot of free content. I'm saying, like, it's amazing. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm on Instagram and TikTok, um, but on YouTube is where there's like longer videos for someone who wants to study. But yeah. either way, I think if you look at any of those, I'm trying to give quickly, readily usable data. And then it's, it's up to the person. Everyone's in different financial settings. So it's like you can, you can use that or you can do my program, which doesn't have like a monthly contract for the same reason. So it's like you can use me and abuse me. You could, <laughs> you could do my program for a month or you could stay on for life. And fortunately, there's like, you know, there's a lot of really supportive people out there. So cool. the, the lifers are the ones making it so accessible for everyone else, if that makes sense. Totally, man. I'm going to be a lifer. I'm going to promote the heck out of you, man. Hey, a fun one for you here. If you are having a dinner party and you could invite three guests that you want to learn from or people that you just want to have conversation with, like just fun people to be around, who would they be? I- and what do you, you eat? You, your wife, and my wife. Uh, <laughs> nice. Because 
because again, the day-to-day respect is more important than anything. So you're giving me the respect to have me on this podcast. So that oh, that's the brother. that's the first that's the first priority. You know, your favorite meal is on me. <laughs> oh man, that's the best answer I've had on that. I haven't had that answer. We are going to me and my wife are going to take you and your wife out for dinner. Right. No the, the real personal is more important than me having dinner with Michael Jordan. Totally, man. Gosh. Man, I love you, Ben. This is awesome. Okay, last thing I got for Dude, you. Before- why do you think I've been following your page? We think very similar. I've been, I've been following all your posts for, I don't know, a long, I mean a while now. Oh, man. It, it's scary how similar we are. Like our upbringing sound like pretty much the same. It's crazy. Okay. Grinders. The grinders, exactly. They're, they're, you know what? I want to write a book on that. There is a, a literally a skill developed by being a grinder, being an unathletic, overlooked, have to work for everything grinder. There's there's a lot of people I feel out like there. You need, um, here's an, a million dollar idea for you. It's like a manual for yes. grinder because Oof. I feel like in modern day grinders are like getting put down. Like I see posts about people like don't glorify grinding. It's like tell that to fucking Thomas Edison and turn your <laughs> lights off. Like I like. I, I grind. I'm not trying to glorify grinding. Yeah. It's what yeah. made, like, I owe everything to grinding. So, but I feel like you could make a manual for grinders because I also, in many aspects, didn't live a healthy life. You know what I mean? Wasn't getting sleep. What, you know, my mentor would sleep four hours a night because his philosophy was he could outwork everybody. I went many years without taking a single day off, you know, let alone even a, a, a part day off. You know, like, that was my... That was my philosophy. I've gone this year, I, not only have I not had a, a, a cheat meal, but I haven't watched any entertainment of any kind. So no TV, no movies, no Netflix, zero entertainment has entered my brain in 2021. I, I'm living, but neither has it for my nine month old baby and he hasn't had a cheat meal either, just breast milk. It's the perfect year. The first year you have a baby, mentally level up because he's not having ice cream yet. He's not watching TV yet. That's your chance to mentally level up. So that's how I'm still, I've had the biggest business year of my life, despite being, despite having a baby, being with him all the time. But I sacrificed all my personal time, you know, sacrificed all the entertainment time. So yeah, mentally people are like, how do you do it? You know, zero entertainment. I don't know. We need a manual for it. I just, I just make myself do it. But I understand that that's not necessarily healthy for everyone. So that's why I think a a manual for people who do feel the need, like, I don't know about for you. I feel the need to grind. Yeah. I yeah. feel I feel depressed if I'm not working hard yeah. enough. So yeah. we need a manual for us. Totally. And I don't think we should be put down, you know, for being grinders. Totally, man. And it's the whole thing with obsession. People say obsession's a bad thing. Like I love people that are obsessed. I love it if you're a board game person that you're obsessed with board games and you know everything about a board game. Or if you're a baker and you know all the intricacies and everything of the air and the I love when like, a coffee guy is more passionate yes. about it than I am. I'm like, I can't wait for the like Hey, I'm a super passionate coffee guy. So hey, we hey, let's do this manual for grinders together. We're gonna write this book that, together. That's all you. That's all you. I'm all knees. Okay. Sorry, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll focused. just ask you for advice. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate your time, man, and I'm excited for our relationship to just continue to build. But I'm just so excited for the the lives you're going to change, not just through through knees, obviously, but through your mindset and the way you approach people and just your kindness and generosity is it's it's extremely infectious. So, man, I, I appreciate your time big time, Ben. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hopefully this is just the start of a, 
a nice, you know, relationship together, helping more people. That's what it's all about. Totally. So, thank you. Totally, man. We got to, and we got to do thank you anyone for listening to all my crazy rants. If you still <laughs> like me after those rants. Oh, man, you're the man. We will do that dinner soon. Since it was in the question and answer, we will do that soon, brother. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Pivot and go. Pivot and go.